0: Well, good morning, everyone. How we doing? Would you thank the band for me? They work really, really hard, really thankful for all that they do and, and uh, all that they, all the time that they put in. You know, I'm excited. We've got to circle that date, right? September 30th. Circle that date for that Fall Fest. I don't know who's going to challenge Pastor Chen on the pie eating. Somebody's got to do that. It's not me. It's not me. I got the chili cook-off. I'm going to bring that one, all right? So make sure you sign up for that. Great opportunity to serve our community. Great outreach opportunity to invite our community. Great opportunity to use our talents and our skills to just to just rub shoulders with and invite people and just uh, help them check out what First Alliance is all about and, and celebrate the fall that we've got coming up. And, and as, I, as we're, we're promoting that and as we're promoting the, the donations and the giveaways and, and the community aspect of it, I, I just can't help but... But be reminded of how big a legacy we have of reaching people, right? We have a legacy of of reaching people. We have a legacy of sending people out to reach people. And I don't know about you, but um, it's always good to be part of a church that sends people out with an intention to reach the community, with an intention to reach the neighborhoods, with an intention to reach the nations if you have matthew chapter twenty eight uh, open, you can turn there in your bible matthew chapter twenty eight I remember my first mission trip uh, when I was here at first alliance Church. It was uh, in the winter January of two thousand and eight I went with Meeting God in Missions, if you remember that. Uh, MGM, Meeting God in Missions, uh, was founded by FAC or Jim McDonald. And um, it was organized and, and in a way where we routinely sent people on trips to the Dominican Republic. We would go into those sugarcane fields, we would go into those villages and reach the people of the Dominican, reach the, the the Haitian natives that would come over and work in the DR. What a great ministry, what a great opportunity it was there uh, to to reach that community. And it was fun and moving and powerful. And, and when I went, um, I went on a couple of baseball outings during that time. There's a picture coming up of one of those, there we are. Uh, doing, uh, and what was cool, what I loved about uh, MGM was it wasn't just like you go on a missions trip and do a VBS. We did that. We could do a children's Bible school for a church there. But we also helped build churches. We also did eye clinics. We also did dental clinics. And what I loved is they did baseball clinics. If you're a baseball fan, you know that the Dominican is a pretty pretty big hotbed of baseball players. And we pulled up in a van with baseball equipment, and the peep, the kids just flooded, came out of their houses and flooded the, the baseball fields when we were there. And I had the opportunity one day to share uh, a story and a devotional at one of our baseball uh, um, clinics there in the DR. And one thing that we learned in our short, short-term missions ministry is, is that often those who, those who go on the trip are just as impacted as the people that we encounter. That you and I, when we go on those trips, when we step out, when we reach into our communities, when we reach around the world, you and I are changed and impacted just as much as the people that we encounter on those trips. In fact, that's why Jim named it meeting God in missions. You know, we think we're going to help them, but in turn, God meets us in missions. Now, as we consider our legacy of, as a church, over the last number of weeks, we've been talking about this this concept legacy. What does it mean? What does it mean to leave a legacy of faith, both as as individuals, but also as a church? We talked about, Pastor Chen mentioned it this morning, a place to to begin, a place to belong, a place to believe. And the one thing that I remember about our church and coming to this morning is that we are a church that sends. In fact, as I was looking at our church history, uh, our church history tells us that we've sent 99 people, 99 people into full-time ministry service from First Alliance Church. And I think that number's soft. I don't think it's 99. I think it's more than that. I think it's more than 99 people when we consider um, all of the different ministry areas that people can go into and to serve. I think there's more than that. And so I just wonder, how do we we nurture and how do we train and how do we develop people to impact the world both in full-time service, in short-term service like on missions trips, but also as a way of life and ministry right here at FAC. How do we, how do we nurture? How do we train and develop? How do, we, how do we leverage the legacy that we've had? How do we steward it well moving into the future to train and equip and build and help people impact the world, maybe in full-time ministry, maybe in short-term missions trips that many of you have gone on, but also in the right here, in the right now, as a way of life, day in and day out, as a way of life, every day that you wake up, every day that I wake up, how do we steward this legacy moving forward of a church that sends people? In Matthew chapter 28, um, It was read for us this morning, Judy read for us, and it says, uh, the 11 disciples went into Galilee. This is after the resurrection. Uh, This is after uh, uh, Jesus uh, had been crucified on the cross, had been resurrected, had been with his disciples. He was just about to ascend into heaven. And and Matthew records this, that the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed. They saw him, worshipped him, some doubted. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. You you were with Jesus. You saw everything He went through. You saw the resurrection. The resurrection wasn't a story that you heard. The resurrection was flesh and blood now in front of you. Ah, still have doubts. Still not sure, right? Ah, I don't know, right? Fair enough. That remember remember last week when we talked about let's let's let's, let's, let's let it, Let's let our church be a place where people can bring their doubts and their questions and still find belief or be trained or led or encouraged in belief. Here it is right here. 11 disciples and there were probably more. Some doubted. Some doubted. "Ah, I'm not sure. Verse 18, and Jesus came to them and said, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. And make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. And behold, you don't do it alone. It's not in your own strength. It's not in your own power. Listen, listen. I am with you always. To the end of the age. And as I read that commission a commission that was given not just to the disciples, but it's been passed on for centuries to all followers who would, who would take the name Christian, all people who would put their heart and their life into following Jesus. I believe that God has ordained the days that we live in as First Alliance finds itself in 2023 and as a community where the nations are coming to us. With a mandate in scripture to make disciples of all nations. The mandate is clear. Make disciples. Now, we like, in North America, we like mission and vision statements, don't we? Like, it's part of a leadership, right? Go to your job place. Somewhere, somewhere there's a mission and vision statement. Somewhere. This is what we're about, right? And then everybody's got a tagline, right? Everybody's got a tagline so that everybody can remember it, right? Dunkin' Donuts, right? What's Dunkin's tagline? Okay, you guys got to get to Dunkin'. It's, just, it's just a pretty good thing. A, America runs on Dunkin', right? Now, do you know the mission and vision? Nah, we don't, I don't know them. I'm sure they have one, right? Now, you go to a lot of different churches. A lot of different churches are going to have little taglines, right? Uh, begin. Belong, believe, right? Win, build, equip, mobilize, right? We got, it, we got, we got it, like tagline. And and sometimes we sit down and like, well, well, what are we about? What should our church be about? What's our what's our mission? What's our vision? Hmm. If we could only figure this out, what should we be about, right? Like I don't know. Jesus was pretty clear, right? And even if you've got like one of those Bibles that puts headers at the top of the the paragraph of like what this section is about, you got one of those it might say great commission, right? Our mission as a church, it's in the word, commission. It's a, its right there, right? So what should our church be about? I think, I think our church should be about making disciples. Now we can rephrase it and word it and nuance it and all that. That's fine. That's not a problem. Those are good things. Those are good things to have as we think about our culture and our community. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, bottom line it, Bottom line, what is this church about? We need to be about making disciples. And we need to be about making disciples, did you catch it, of all nations. Of all nations. And I think the time is fruitful to leverage our collective wisdom, our passions. Think about it right now. Think, think about what, what are you passionate about in life? Just think about it. What are you passionate about life? What are your talents? What are your skills? What are, you, what are you really good at? Maybe you do it for a profession. Maybe you do it for a hobby. But what's your talent? What's your profession? What's your skill? What wisdom do you have with, in certain areas? I think the time is fruitful to leverage all of that and go make disciples I think, in our communities and in our neighborhoods as much as it is around the world because the nations have come to our community. This, this call, this commission, this challenge isn't for full-time pastors and missionaries alone. Like, we don't get to read Matthew 28 and go, oh, whew, that's for Pastor Scott that's for Pastor Chen, right? Like, we don't get to read it that way. It is for them, but the call isn't just to exercise this in some short-term missions experience. Well, what have you done to to reach the nations? Oh, 18 years ago, I went on a short-term missions trip. Okay. What else are you doing to reach the nations? Oh, 18 years ago, I went on a short-term missions trip. Okay, but like, what else? What else? What are we doing? How are we actively living this out in our lives? How are we making disciples through our going day in and day out? The call, the call is to be made as part of our, of our everyday living and being a follower of Jesus Christ. So, how do we make disciples in our going? And the call is to help people be immersed into the message of Jesus and the scriptures, right? I mean, the, it says to baptize them, right? Go into all of the uh, world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, all of us, all of us know what baptism is up here, right? We'll pull the carpet, pull the thing, got the water under the water and up. Baptism, right? We know that. This word carries that idea, but it also carries the idea of immersing someone's entire life into the way of Jesus. It is not simply the one-time act in a pool of water. It's not just that. In fact, the word comes from um, uh, to take a garment, and when you take a garment and you want to dye it from one color to another, right? You immerse it into the other color, right? And at a certain time, you pull it back up, and it has taken on the color that you have dipped it into, right? You baptized it. That's, that's the technical term here. And so, as, as Matthew is recording what Jesus is saying, it's not simply the water experience, but it's also looking at people and asking the question, how do we immerse them into the life of following Jesus, And we do it by teaching, right? Teaching them to obey, guiding them, and instructing them how to live as Christ followers. And we do this, as we do this, we leave a legacy of faith and as a sending church to reach the nations around the world and to reach the nations across the street. Because perhaps unlike any other time in history, in Erie County, in this community, the nations have come to us. Think about it. This is a unique time in our history. The, 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 the refugees that have come to our city. The students that are studying in our town. The immigrants who just come because they want to be in America. This is a, almost an unprecedented time in our community in Erie County. As we consider this for ourselves, and as we continue to think about what are we going to what, what will we do? what will we do for such a time as this to be a church that lives out this great commission? What would we do for such a time as this as we consider this um, for ourselves i 've invited one of our own. Uh, FACers who's taken this call seriously and is finding creative ways to leverage his skill, his talent, his passion, and his abilities to willingly be sent from FAC into many different opportunities. I've invited him to come up and share with me uh, this morning. Would you welcome to the stage Joe Koshenikoff? Good morning,
1: everybody. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here and to be asked by Pastor Ben to come up, so thank you, thank Absolutely. you. And I get to talk about my passion, that's so right. that's, that's right. cool. Your passion
0: wrapped in your, your skill set, wrapped into some of your hobbies, the yes. things that, that you are passionate about. Joe, uh, uh, just thanks for being here. Briefly tell us, briefly tell us, if you know Joe, this is a, this is a tough one, briefly tell us. Um... um What are are your What are your day jobs? Okay, the plural day jobs. Day jobs.
1: Yes, I'll tell you first of all, everything I'm going to say. Hundred percent of the credit goes to God alone. It's only Him that He's opened the doors. My passion is building trustworthy leaders. So, doing that, I'm a graduate professor, Gannon University. I was at Kent State 24 years. I'm a certified public accountant. Have my own practice. And also, I'm a con- corporate consultant. I travel around building leaders in organizations. All of those, and it's super cool, are bridges that I can I go from the profession into discussions. And so many times that even in my office, even whether it's at the university or in my practice, we start talking taxes and then we transition and talking about the Lord and how he answers the deeper meanings. He's the one who gives us our direction and vision in life. So thank you for the yeah. question.
0: Yeah, and so I think many of us, when we do our taxes, we pray God help us, right? <laughs> so that's, that's why you got I pray, the, God, I pray
1: the same thing when I you know, do your taxes. Kind of natural like segue,
0: you know, right there. Now, Joe, you've been part of FAC for a while. You've served yes. in many capacities. You've served on, on, on our elder board. Um, and we've worked together uh, on the Global Impact Team when I was here before, some 15 years ago. And it was there when I saw, I saw your passion for short-term missions uh, and involvement. Give us an idea of some of the teams that you've led and worked with through our Global Impact Ministry.
1: Okay, absolutely. The last 20 years, in 2003, the first team from FAC went to Poland. I was on that team, and in the last 20 years, I've had an opportunity, and this is God. This is all, again, God. I've had an opportunity to lead teams and individual work, penetration work, opening up new fields on five different continents. South America, North America, Africa, Europe, Asia. God is so good. In, in Poland, we were doing English camps. Some of you have been on those trips. We were doing English camps. Teaching
0: English to Polish
1: people. That's right. When communism fell, they were looking at that. That was where the cry of their heart was. We're meeting people, and we're going to talk about this later. It's understanding where people are, understanding what their need is, understanding their hearts. So we were teaching it exactly going over there, then that transitioned into working with business leaders who said, can you coach us? And so we were doing business coaching over there, working with government leaders, academic leaders. God, when you give God the credit, in your life. He will open door after door because his name is being glorified. It's absolutely amazing. So give God the glory. You did that in
0: Poland. Yes. And then you did it in the in Uruguay. Correct. With Tom and Tina Frelich. Many of you will know Tom and Tina Fralick, who were part of First Alliance Church, were professional uh, missionaries in Uruguay yes. at the time. And you were able to go there and and work in the, the business community. Business community.
1: Ab- absolutely. So we were doing that and we were ru- taking a a group of uh, U.S. and from this church business leaders who went over and using business coaching used that as a discussion of what does it really mean to be successful in your life. It's not just grabbing that golden ring, but it is holistic, your family and intimacy with God and all that, and that's what true success is, is being what God
0: called you to be. And that came about because Tom and Tina were working in an area in, the Ur- in Uruguay called La Rambla. Did I have that? La the Rambla, that, yes. Uh, which was a very high professional area. Yes. And so for their credibility in that community, we brought business leaders in to coach uh, the, the, uh, the, the business leaders in Uruguay, some of them, their principals in teaching, with, helped Tom and Tina continue to make inroads there.
1: Uh, yeah. And and that, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say that so many times when we think culture, we think national culture, but there's so many different types of culture in the community. And exactly as you're talking about, the business or the leader community is sometimes a very hard um, field to penetrate with the gospel, but when you can take people in, and God has blessed this church with people in every field, then you can take people in at their level. Yeah, the uh, the conversations open, the discussions open. We have our sessions during the day, and they said, "What are you doing this evening? Can
0: we talk?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you're follow- if you would happen to follow any John Maxwell leadership yes. stuff, Maxwell does that too in his in his. Uh, uh, Private business. When he does seminars, he says, "If you want to know more, come talk to me." People come talk to him, and he leads thousands of people to Christ a year yes. through that. But not only not only were you doing that in South America and in Poland, but you also Joe's had a busy summer because this year you, he was in France. He was in France uh, doing a seminar on on leadership. For Alliance World Fellowship, Uh, the Christian Missionary Alliance, we know, we're a church in the North American Christian Missionary Alliance. All of the nations that have uh, a, a CMA presence are part of the World Alliance. Alliance World Fellowship, and Joe had the opportunity to speak there. Getting back to this idea that when open doors come, we can take our skills and our passion to speak to that, because you spoke about leadership development there, or trust, trust with leaders. Then he went to South America and spoke to pastors in South America about leadership principles and training them, correct? Correct, correct. One thing... uh
1: to talk about uh, trust, because when I was getting my PhD, I had to pick a topic to, try, uh, to um, study, and I prayed, and the Lord said, look at trust. John Maxwell, exactly the way you mentioned, Jack, John Maxwell says that leadership is all about influence. But the question is, where does influence come from? And I was talking to some young people, and as I was talking to them, I said, and it was an amazing answer, trust is how I determine who I allow into my inner circle to affect my decisions. So I said, think about this. And I started studying trust. There are three big reasons why people trust. Either ability, I I believe you can help me. Number two, benevolence, you want to help me. And number three, you're honest, okay? So we have all these different cultures. They'll pick one of the three. My brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the most trustworthy person to have ever walked the face of this earth. Every reason, every culture chooses or decides to trust, he perfectly fulfills. When you say ability, John 1, he's the creator. Nothing's created that he didn't create. In John 15, no greater love has anyone than they lay down their life for another. And then in John, backing up one chapter, and John Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Every reason, every culture around this world decides to trust Christ is the perfect fulfillment. And not only that, in the Second Corinthians, when Paul's writing, he writes to the Corinthians, he says. The light of the, uh, Jesus revealed is the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Think about this. In the day that Jesus walked the face of the earth, there were three superpowers politically Jews, Greeks, and Romans. To the Jews, it was all about light, Hanukkah. When it came to the Greeks, knowledge, Plato, Socrates, and you can help me on this one. When it came to Rome, all roads led to, or Romans, all Oh, all, I just gave it to you, uh, all roads lead to, Rome, it's the glory, the light for the Jews, the knowledge for the Greeks, the glory for the Romans. Jesus Christ, one man, one savior for every man, every woman, every child around this world, for every country, every culture. He's the cry of everyone's heart. He fulfills them perfectly. Thank you.
0: Individually, nationally, politically, in our country, around the world, globally, it's a message for the nations. Yes. And, then, and, and I keep coming back to this for today for us as First Alliance. We need to be reminded that the nations have come to us in Erie County. The nations have come here. In fact, uh, at at, uh, General Council this year, the annual meeting of the Christian Missionary Alliance, or the biannual meeting, um, one of the things that was promoted was um, the release of this welcoming Bible, which is developed under the Christian Missionary Alliance's Rain initiative, which stands for Refugee and Immigrant Network. This Bible was made available as a, as a tool to use to give to refugees in communities over twenty and in this Bible, there are over twenty refugee and immigrant short stories representing uh, five continents and eighteen countries. There are over one hundred and twenty devotionals wel- welcoming inserts by over one hundred alliance leaders written by over one hundred alliance leaders uh, to reach the refugees and the immigrants. Uh, who have come to the states, and, are, and Joe was a contributor to one of these, as well as Mike and Amy McCullough, who are from First Alliance. I think it's important that we know that we, using our gifts and our talents, are making a difference not just in our church, but in our community, and in our, in our denomination as a whole, reaching not only our country, but around the world. This is what we are doing. This is our legacy. Because some of us have sat in these services and we've said, what can I do? And maybe I can't go around the world. I can go into my profession. But as I am willing to live and work in my profession, I will see what God wants of me. And we will speak to the nations that way. That is a legacy that we have. That is something that we must steward moving forward. We have a box of 20. 20 of these are going to be coming in the next couple of weeks, and we will use them and give them out in our ministry, and we've heard from Mike and Amy McCullough about the the Hope Ministry that they used in teaching English as a second language right here, which is a huge ministry, a huge impact to the refugees in this community. If you haven't seen a Tuesday night here at First Alliance, you need to swing by and just walk through the building and just see the nations that are represented here this week. This week um, uh, by happenstance. I was in my office and um, another FAC connection came walking through the door. Another missionary. Uh, Didn't know he was in town, didn't know it was total drop-in, but another missionary connection who's working to help people improve their English. He and his wife are are stationed in Omaha, Nebraska, after more than 30 years in Quito, Ecuador, and uh, Rob Queering is here today, and I've asked Rob to come up for just a moment. This is a drop-in. This was totally unexpected up until Friday morning when I was in my office finalizing my message and I heard Rob Queering was in the building and so we stopped and chatted for a few moments and uh, I decided it'd be good to drop him into the message at this point. Um, For those of you that don't know, Rob is married to his wife, Barb, and Barb was an FACer. Barb Penn grew up here, attended FAC. In fact, Rob, you said you guys got married here. Yeah, in the old sanctuary. In the old sanctuary, right yep. over there. Yep. And so they took the call of missions on their life and served over 30 years in Ecuador. Uh, Rob was a teacher. Uh, Barb was a nurse. Uh, Rob worked at the Alliance Academy where Christian mission, where, uh, missionaries sent their children to be educated during their term on the field. Uh, Fruitful Ministry there has made the transition to the United States now, living in Omaha, where they are helping Uh, people learn English. Tell us a little bit about that, and he's got a great story about an international medical student I want you to hear. Okay, so
2: when we came back from Ecuador, the mission said, are you going to continue working with us? And in the course of trying to discern what God was asking us to do, one of the ministries was sharing English with people who need to practice conversational English, And I went in and I was working at a local church seeing if this is where God wanted me to be. And we were going through the English lesson. It was about libraries that night. And so I was asking two nurses from a large Asian nation who had come to Omaha to observe American medical education practice and take that back with them to their country to use in their classrooms as they were teaching people. And as we were going through that lesson, uh, there was something that made the one nurse stop. And she said, now, Robert, you're a Christian, right? I said, yes. She says, well, could you answer some of my questions about the Bible? And for the next 25 minutes, I was answering both of these nurses as they asked all sorts of questions about the Bible And it came to their last question when they said, So, Robert, if we want to read the Bible for ourselves, where would you recommend that we begin? And I walked away that night, and I said, Okay, I get it, God. Whatever the topic is for conversation, it's your spirit at work that will bring people to the point of wanting to know more, and they will ask the question that opens the door to share more with them and that convinced me that that was where god wanted me to be and so i've been working with the ministry from reach beyond that helps people practice conversational english in fact this morning when i came to first alliance from eight to nine i was sitting in one of the classrooms talking with a group of people from tokyo japan who are wanting to practice their english and we were talking about urban legends and we talked about Jesus as well and uh, the truths of things there. But the real thrilling part of my story about these two nurses is when we finished our ministry, which was very much like the hope ministry you're doing here, and I, I, I would urge all of you to get involved with the hope ministry. It's just talking with people and helping them learn how to speak the language and feel more comfortable in knowing a safe person that they can talk with and practice. They're, and so I... I we finished, and the ministry and had a fellowship dinner afterwards, and I told that story. I said, that was the most amazing day for me. And a lady sitting three people around the table said, oh, Rob, didn't you hear? Before they left and went to their home country, both of them decided to become followers of Jesus. Amen. Some water, <laughs> some plant the seed, but God's the one who gives the harvest. Awesome. Would you thank Rob for his ministry?
0: And Rob, Rob, as you're walking off, I want to get this right. This happened in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> not Keto, not Tokyo, not any other foreign country. Omaha. <laughs> Meaning, yeah. the nations have come to us. Well, let, me, let me just. Yep. Oh, he's going to tell one more. One more when you on. give a missionary a microphone, <laughs> this is going to be one of those books, those kids' books, when you give a missionary a microphone. Go ahead.
2: Barbara came downstairs one day, and she said, Rob, I've seen something on the Nextdoor app. Somebody wants, a man wants somebody to come help his wife learn English. And I think God's calling me to do this, but I don't know how to use this app. Could you come up and help me send a message back? And so I ran upstairs, and I did a private message back to the man that had asked for that. And Barbara said, thank you so much. I did what God wanted me to do. And she was so relieved because she said all she had to do was respond to that. She didn't have to do anything more. And ten minutes later, he responded back and said, Yes, I'd love you to come and work with my wife. Mm. And then we discovered they lived in the apartment complex across the street from us. And then we learned that they were a family from Afghanistan. And if you would pray for Barb, her friend is Noor, N-O-O-R, And Noor is 45 years old. She never was allowed to go to school in Afghanistan because of the Taliban's rules at the time. Her husband's a top-level diplomat. They left Omaha and moved to Washington, D.C., but we have still had moments of contact with them. And our prayer regularly is that Noor and Rahula, her husband, and all all four of their children will come to know Jesus as Savior. That's
0: awesome. Thanks, Rob. You know, the biggest thing I wanted to bring across this morning is this, and I'm going to invite the band to come back out on stage now. The biggest thing I wanted to get across to you is this. The nations have come to our community. Matthew 28, make disciples by going. We don't have to go overseas now. Some are called, yes. Some of us will go on short-term trips, yes. But every single day, you and I wake up, and we walk in a community where the nations have moved in. We're a refugee town. We're a refugee community. We're a community that has international students. Joe, what was the, number, the stat from Gannon this year?
1: Pulling in, and this is intake, in fall of 2023, 1,800 students from around the world are coming into our city.
0: G- uh, Gannon only. Gannon only. Gannon only. That's not Lee Com. That's not Mercyhurst. That's not Edinburgh. 1800 just at Gannon. In fact, this week I talked to a student from India. She's two weeks off the airplane. Two weeks. From India. And I said, I said, you know it gets cold here, right? And she's like, yeah. And she chuckled. I'm like, we get snow. We get a lot. Did you know that? And she chuckled. I said, 200 inches. And she kind of looked at me and I said, all right, somebody's got to convert that to meters. So we converted it to meters and she got this horrified look on her face. I'm like, no, 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 it's like not all at once, but like, you know, it comes and goes. I said, do you have a coat? Nope. Do you have gloves? No. Do you have boots? No. I came to church today. And we put a slide up that said, come to our fall festival. We want to donate hats, gloves, scarves for people. The one thing that Joe and I wanted to get across to you this morning was this, that um, we have this opportunity to reach the nations around us, from India to Afghanistan to Iraq to Syria to Saudi Arabia, to Poland, to Russia, to the Ukraine. They're here. And they just want friends. And they just want somebody to speak to them, help them learn the language. Joe and I talked in our prep about three things. I'm sorry, I've got to cut us off, but three things. We have to be people of sympathy. We have to be people of empathy. And we have to move with Christ-like compassion. If we can just stop and sympathize with them for a moment. If we could empathize in what it's like to be far from home. Have you ever been far from home? you ever been far from home? I was was with a group of students last year. uh, uh, Out of 18 students, I think uh, 13 of them were from around the world. And I was teaching them public speaking. And I said, when you don't know what to do with your hands when you're speaking in public, I said, just bring them right here. I said, we'll call that home. Just bring your hands home. And I said to them, I said, when you don't know what to do, just go home. And all the foreign students, the international students, you should have seen their face in that moment. Far from home, probably missing their family desperately. From Nepal, from India, from Vietnam, from uh, uh, Sweden from Mexico. All I said was, just go home. If we can learn to empathize what it's like to be far from home, maybe, maybe we could reach out to the people in our community. Because it's not those people. It's not those people. It's not them. It's us. It's our community. It's our neighborhood. It's my neighbor. So, this week, would you ask God to give you a heart for the nations? Would you ask God to give you eyes to see where the nations are around you and give you wisdom to take your skill, your talent, your ability? Business leader, CPA, right? Organizational leadership. Rob, English teacher. His wife, a nurse. Using their profession in ways to reach the nations. And I emphasized Omaha, Nebraska, because it's not some foreign country, it's Omaha. Now, it may may feel foreign to you and me, but you understand what I'm saying? The psalmist wrote, Ask of me, and I will give the nations. Let us be a church that continues this legacy of sending. I hope around the world like the Adams who are here today and shared with us last week, like the Volsteads who are re- regularly here when they're not serving uh, in another church on a weekend while they're on home assignment. I hope we send people around the world. I hope we go on more short-term missions trips. But wow, I hope we're people that walk across the street and help the people in our communities. Maybe Thanksgiving. There's one more seat at your table for someone in town. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for this day and this opportunity to share this. We ask now that as we sing this song in closing, let it be a cry of our heart to to live after you, to follow after you, to turn what was broken and dead in our life into something beautiful um, that you have done. Let us do that for others. Encourage our heart, Lord. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we close in worship?